All right. I don't I don't know how this is going to go. You don't know how this is going to go. No one knows. No one knows. Even my new producer, Lance, he has no clue. Lance, check the levels. Are we good? Should we just start? Lance. Lance. Oh, boy. He's asleep. Completely passed out. This guy was eating Lunchables all morning. And that has a lot of sodium. A lot of tryptophan. A lot of saturated fat. You remember Lunchables in the days before you checked Nutrition Facts? My daughter loves Lunchables. And we had to tell her they're not healthy. Why? What does that mean to a six-year-old? We're not supposed to eat Lunchables. Why not? They taste great. It's weird to describe what's unhealthy to a six-year-old. They don't give a shit. They would eat cotton candy for every meal. When does it start when you actually look at what you're eating and you look at what you're putting into your body? I'd say 28. I'd say the first 28 years of life, who gives a shit? But Lance with the Lunchables all morning long. Lance, how are you? He's had two slices. You're wondering, what are slices? I mean, cans of slice, the old lemon-lime soda that's officially extinct. There used to be more lemon-lime soda options. Nowadays, you rarely see a 7-Up. There's a new one called Starry. And those commercials are cool, but that's going nowhere. And I know we all say Sprite is the king, and Sprite will always be the king. But there was a point where Slice... It was a very big deal. Google it. Slice even tried to come out with some other flavors beyond lemon lime, but no one was feeling it. You know what was the best? Apple Slice. It existed in the vending machine at the Marinwood Community Center pool. They had Apple Slice. I only saw it in a can once. It's really just Martinelli's in a can, so I guess it's just sparkling apple cider, and it's heaven. But Slice, we miss you, buddy. We do miss you. And Lance is completely done. He is overdosed on Lunchables and Slice. Should we just get into this bitch? Yeah, let's do it. Express yourself. Express yourself. hot message express yourself charles wright and the watts 103rd street rhythm band give it up give it up of course later taken by nwa isn't that weird how many classic r&b 70s soul songs that i learned as the hooks on rap songs in the 90s and i thought these are originals none of them are originals none of the rap hooks choruses none of that shit was original just sampling old vinyls And it sounds good. Express yourself. Let's express some things. For episode 229, you could express yourself. You you do it. You start your own podcast. I'll listen. I'll give you a review. I'll click like and subscribe. Let's all just communicate this way. Hey, how you been? Uh, I don't know. Just listen to the episode. We don't have to have real conversations anymore, right? How many people are having real conversations? How many people are you talking to on the phone? For me, I think my list is down to... Four? I think I have about four friends where I look at my phone and I go, I legitimately would love to catch up with this person. The list used to be everyone. Everyone. There was no text message. There was no email. So unless you had a play date scheduled or unless you actually were going to kick it, which wasn't always possible if people were in other cities and other towns, there was a time where it was just, I'm going to pick up the phone and have a call with someone. Those days are gone. Those days are gone, just like the days of slice in a can at the Marinwood pool. 
and it even sounds exhausting for some people to truly catch up. But yeah, the list shrinks. It shrinks. And then when you actually do get into those calls, it's an hour. It's a good hour to truly catch up with somebody. And it's worth it. Avenge. You know, that is one of the functions on the phone. To call someone? It's so alarming. I've called people and they don't answer and they text back, you okay? Yeah, what? No, I'm fine. You all good, dude? I saw my phone ring. It was you. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't 2 a.m. You weren't my only call from jail tonight. I just called you at 6 p.m. And you text back. First of all, you screened it. You looked at it. You're like, Rosenberg? What? Why? Why? Why would he call? Is he in trouble? That's how rare it is to use your iPhone for a phone call. I know what you're using it for. TikTok. You got TikTok brain, don't you? You got that mushy TikTok brain. How dumb are we? How dumb is everyone getting sucked into this social media game where you scroll and you scroll and you never stop scrolling because you're so addicted to the hit of dopamine that you get from every little stimulating video or photo that makes you laugh or makes you cry or makes you scared or makes you happy. And when I say TikTok brain, it's not like a cute little phrase. It's actually scary. It's actually scary what we're doing because we're all so dumb holding our phones like a bunch of animals in the streets, in the classrooms, at the bank, at the mall, when we stand in line at the grocery store, on the toilet, in the shower. And really, when you're eating your meals, when do you put it down, folks? I'll explain TikTok brain because I have to. We all have to study this. All right. There was a real study that came out and it says the sample of students that were used for the study were seen to have their collective attention spans diminished. And it showed that they don't have the ability for prolonged focus due to tick-tock brain. So prolonged focus, directed attention. These are good things. These are things that humans should be able to do up to a certain extent. But it's a function that starts in the prefrontal cortex. Okay, you with me? Still grab a pen, take some notes. The part of the brain responsible for decision-making and impulse control, that seems like an important part of the brain. As for kids, they generally have a tough time using directed attention because that prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until they're about 25 years old. Some of you have heard that. But TikTok, with its constantly changing environment and endless stream of videos hurts sustained attention. So if those kids' brains are always becoming accustomed to constant change and constant change, then the brain fluids, we're talking brain fluids, folks, and all the chemicals in there, it's going to be difficult to go where it needs to go to adapt to non-digital activity. So when they put the phone down, when the kid that was scrolling for eight hours puts the phone down and tries to have a human conversation with anyone in society face-to-face, it doesn't work well. The attention span has been completely diminished. Even in conversation, they can't wait to get out of the conversation. And here I am saying a lot of people aren't, you know, picking up their phone anymore. It's kind of true. I'm not just focused on teens. There's plenty of adults that are scrolling through TikTok, getting that mushy TikTok brain. Damn. Think of all the things you'll struggle with if you have a lowered attention span. That'll mess you up in school. That'll mess you up at your job. That'll mess you up with relationships. Honestly, I'll say this. And this is not like a big proclamation, but I would love to see TikTok just fizzle and fall into a deep, dark place in the earth. Just open up the earth, throw TikTok in there, close it up, zip it up. No one has to mention it. 
I know that sounds callous. You know, there's a lot of jobs at stake. They're already firing everybody. Let's just say goodbye to TikTok. And I know just like whack-a-mole, something else would pop up. Something uglier than TikTok would just pop up. But that's some sad shit to walk through, I don't know, any campus from high school to college and beyond or any workplace and just see how many people are getting that TikTok brain. You got TikTok brain? You got TTB? Oh, yeah, I'm suffering. I guess I can't complain. I guess that's the ultimate outcome of the discussion. Nothing's going to change. It'll only get worse. And that's not to be cynical. It's just to be realistic for a moment. We got to work with it. We got to dance with the devil a little bit. You got to dance with the devil. Because we're just a bunch of animals. We evolved from apes. It's so obvious we evolved from apes as well. We act like a bunch of apes. On a rainy day, my wife and I, when it rains, we act like the world has shut down. Straight panic mode. What is this liquid discharge from the sky? What do we do today? Because we're a playground family. So we found this coffee house called Fox and Kit. And in the back of the coffee shop, there's like this incredible kids indoor play area. It's got like a big grassy hill. It's got a wall to climb on. It's got a dress up room. It has an upstairs room where you just kind of bounce off the wooden walls. It's tough to describe. There's like a big chute, like a laundry chute, but kids are just going down it. A kid's chute. But mainly, it's a big grassy hill with fake grass. Then underneath that is like a meditative mouse hole. What are you picturing? Because I'm picturing it in my head because I've seen it. But as I describe it, you're like, what type of acid dream is this? It's called Fox and Kid. It's so fun. It's so expensive. But I think it's worth it because our kids love it. So we went in there. And after just 10 minutes, my wife was like, it's so obvious that we used to be apes. I was like, yes, yes. Because we've seen apes. We've been to the zoo. What is a zoo? It's just a big playground for animals. There's a bunch of stuff. These animals are just sliding around on, climbing, swings and slides and swings and slides. So you go to the zoo, you see animals on a playground. We take pictures and we say we went to the zoo. But look at your kids. If you have little kids, you're always at the zoo. Have you ever been to a playground and it's just like a bunch of kids? Like shoulder to shoulder, sweaty, snotty kids. None of them know each other, but they're all just in unison. There's a symbiosis to the situation. Everyone's kind of on the same page. They're a bunch of strangers. They don't have to be friends, but they're all playing the same game. The game is called We Evolved from Apes. Look at us climbing up shit, swinging off shit, sliding down shit. Honestly, these kids are still apes. We're not that far evolved. Our egos make us pat ourselves on the back a lot. Like, look how intelligent, look how intellectual we are. Not really. We're a bunch of apes scrolling through TikTok. You take kids to a jungle gym or a playground anytime. Just watch them play. Straight animal shit. It's like watching animals. These kids at Fox and Kid are just log rolling down a fake grass hill into each other. And it's fun. Bouncing off the walls, swinging from the chandeliers. And parents, good parents are supposed to regulate it, but the bad parents are doing nothing but just sipping their coffee, letting their kids get well. We all know those parents who aren't regulating a damn thing. We go, where's, where's his dad? This kid is eating someone else's sock. Where's this, where's this girl's parents? Freckles over there in the corner. Freckles has been doing a handstand for about seven minutes. Her face is red with blood. The blood has rushed to her face. Where's Freckles' parents? They're nowhere to be seen. They're having a cappuccino elsewhere. What do you got to do? Ask them to act less like apes at Fox and Kid or any playground. All of this was apparent even before Darwin and a bunch of scientists proved it, studied it, and proved it, and said we've evolved or whenever it happened that we were able to piece together that all those 
bones discovered of Cro-Magnon and Neanderthals and Homo erectus. I don't want to get into the details. Maybe I barely understand the details. But the point is evolution is a real thing. So anyone who didn't even have the Origin of Species book to read through, by the way, that's a tough read. I think I made it through three pages and tapped out of that one. But wasn't it known? I mean, some of these discoveries weren't until the 1800s, maybe the 1700s. But you go before that, like, weren't people in the 1300s and the 1400s and the 1500s pretty certain that we came from apes? If they ever saw apes, weren't they like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We even kind of look like I look like an ape. I look like a monkey any day. You look at me. I look at myself in the mirror. It's monkey like. And that's not an insult. Monkeys are cute. I'm cute. I'm cute like a monkey, but damn, I look like a monkey and I play like a monkey. When I was a kid, it wasn't even evolution. I was just still a monkey. But then we started wearing clothes and I guess we evolved and we got jobs and we urbanized, industrialized, and we're doing this thing called society where we live in society with social norms. But social norms are tough for a lot of people because we're apes and we got a bunch of apes who misbehave still. And what do we do? We put them in jail or we give them a trial. All right, that's a segue. That's a hot segue. Trials on TV shows can be very interesting. Trials and movies like My Cousin Vinny, A Few Good Men, Jury Duty with Pauly Shore. It's an awful one. But you know what I mean. Sometimes Hollywood makes a trial look exciting. And we have young people in the world who want to be lawyers or who at least think it sounds fun to play the game. And there's an opportunity for them called Mock Trial. High schools across America do something called Mock Trial. I knew nothing about this. And I know I've talked about it a little bit, but I was kind of tasked with this role of advisor or Mock Trial coach over at Terra Linda. When I was hired, they said, hey, you want to do Mock Trial? I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like a lunchtime club or something. What's Mock Trial? Literally. I'm going to use the word literally like the teens. I literally had no clue what it meant. What it means is you got all these high schools with about 15 to 20 kids who take on roles. They're all reading the same case, the same fictional case. Could be a felony, could be a murder. And then they have prosecutors and defense attorneys and they practice and they practice and they practice. So my role, I just call myself the coordinator. I'm not coaching anything. There's real lawyers who I think they do it without getting paid just from the kindness of their hearts. There are lawyers for every school. And I don't think they get a stipend, but they show up and they train these kids on how to sound, on how to adjust on a fly, how to understand the law, the legal system, how to approach the bench, how to speak to a judge, uh, how to convince a jury, how to deal with evidence and exhibits. And it's just like way too impressive. It's way too impressive because they had the big Marin County tournament this past weekend. And I actually stand up. I was in a suit and tie. And at one point I stand up and I say, hello, your honor. Hello, members of the jury. I'm Josh Rosenberg. Terra Linda's mock trial coach. And on the inside, I go, you fraud. What are you saying? They're going to see right through you. But you know what? I shaved and I looked pretty good. And people around me were probably like, yeah, he is the mock trial coach. Huh. He is a grown up. That's an adult who's a mock trial coach. Not really. I had butterflies just saying that in front of a room of people at 9 a.m. when I didn't even have enough coffee. It was a weird moment. But then all the kids, they shine. They shine. And I don't have a keen eye or a professional eye for what's going on. So everybody's really impressive. Everybody's doing a great job. Eventually, they have a jury rule guilty or not guilty. But it's not about that. These kids have a place to go. What I mean by that is a good high school, a lot of high schools throughout the country, they serve all the populations. You know, these are kids that maybe they don't give a shit about football and the school dance. 
But they're like, I love to argue in a professional setting. I like to prove someone's guilt or innocence. And they're like 15, 16 years old and they are ready to play lawyer, to do this make-believe. Let's let's play lawyer, which is what it is. But you have a real setting around them and they train for like hours every week. And then the trial itself is like two and a half hours. I can barely focus. So these kids don't have TikTok brain. They definitely did not have TikTok brain. I'm the one with TikTok brain. I was like, can I take a bathroom break? Can I get a bagel? I was the one acting like a kid. But these kids were amazing. And I thought to myself as a parent, I'm like, I'm just happy this exists. Because let's say, you know, I'm a big sports fan, of course. But if my kids aren't into it, I love knowing that there are schools now who have, you know, there are schools who have e-sports teams. And these kids, you know, years ago were just probably called gamers, you know, or clowned for being in their parents' basement, just playing games and games and games. And now I see them on campus and they're all in like a uniform. They all have the same uniform on. So now they get to put on a uniform and be a part of a team and compete against other schools all in the name of gaming. How cool is that? I feel like outcasts of the past don't have to be anymore because there's enough like-minded people maybe on their campus or maybe in the world of the internet connecting with like-minded people and similar sensibilities and going, you're a gamer, I'm a gamer. Let's get weird. You like to be a lawyer? I like to be a lawyer. I'm only a teenager, but I like to be a lawyer. You like to be a lawyer. What else can we do? All the clubs to represent all the interests. It's just kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I don't mean to be naive and act like, now everybody's found a place and they're feeling valued. I know there's still some sad kids on every campus. Get in where you fit in like Too Short told us. And it'll happen in life because like I firmly believe there's a place for everyone. You could get in where you fit in. But I don't know when you discover that. I don't know. Am I still discovering that? Probably. I heard Gary Goldman say when he was a kid, he looked at the grownups and he said, they have all the answers. How cool. Now he's a grownup. He's like, I don't know shit. Why, why did I think grownups had the answers? Of course we don't have the answers. But big ups to TL Mock Trial. Conjecture was hot. A lot of hearsay. A lot of argumentative. A lot of objection. Vague. Overruled. And I was trying to understand all the content. Instead, I was just like, I was like a proud grandparent. Not even like a proud parent, but like a proud grandparent who doesn't really understand much of what teens are doing. But at least I could understand they're playing lawyers today. Like, I wouldn't be able to tell. They're scoring it. I wouldn't be able to tell what caused a team to lose. It's like if I was to watch any NHL game, I wouldn't be able to see which team is better. I could watch an NBA game and I could see there's a better team. Like, usually I could tell, oh, that team's better. When I watch sports, oh, that team's better. When I watch Matra, I don't know who's better. Who would ever win? They're all great. But there's no ties, folks. I don't know. There ain't no ties. We are in a country where we emphasize win, win at all costs. So these kids, even before the trial, they're doing like breathing activities. Some of them are in tears afterwards. I guess that's just sports. Like my wife and I are even like, can Myla even be in a sport yet? If her team loses, like can she handle losing? At what age do you throw your kids into an endeavor where you're like, you might lose, you might get your asses kicked. You might lose by 50. I see teens, you know, in sports getting their clocks cleaned by a better team and that's not a fun experience you go home all demoralized like damn we practice but shit they ran up the score on us that's tough at like age five six seven but we'll do it we'll throw them in there because sports are beautiful sports are beautiful beyond the sport the camaraderie the teamwork the oranges after the game you get a uniform, you get a number, you get your name on a roster, you're a part of something. 
You know what captured the beauty of sports without the sports was real sports on HBO, which just went off the air. It went off the air after 29 years, and I still don't know why. Bryant Gumble had this whole panel where they discussed their memories going back 29 years, and I think I've watched every single episode. Isn't that crazy to think about? It was a monthly. It was like the best sports journalism out there, the best, bravest, most courageous reporters just covering all sorts of stories that weren't really covered. I give HBO Real Sports so much credit. Actually, I give journalists good ones. Journalists should get so much credit because it's kind of the fabric of a democracy. You got to expose corruption. You got to expose anyone abusing power. Let it be known, right? This ain't a dictatorship. You let it be known by the masses if there's some shady stuff going down. So all these stories throughout the years about like abusive coaches. Some of them are so heavy, they're like make you sick to your stomach. HBO Real Sports, they did the dog fighting pieces, you know, with the Michael Vick dog fighting ring. They had the footage, and I was just like, I can't watch this. Amputees, disabled athletes, like stories of hope that'll make you clench your jaw. Stories of triumph, just people beating odds. Kids with some disabilities who are still able to compete. They'll show you animal cruelty in the world of some sport you've never even thought of, like camel polo. I'll show you that slavery still exists. And I know I don't mean to sound totally ignorant of all this, but slavery connected to the world of sports. Like, who's building those stadiums in Qatar as we get ready for the World Cup? Just endless stories on exploitation and asking the tough questions. That's the hard part. That was the cool thing about the last episode. All the reporters were around a table and they're like, isn't it kind of hard to ask these questions? They're like, yeah, it doesn't get easier. It's like a very uncomfortable moment to be sitting in a studio with someone who has a little lavalier mic and you know you're just about to stab them with a question about how corrupt and awful and shady they are. And a lot of the time they get up and leave and say, you gotta go, you gotta go. The show was barely about sports, just exposing the dark underbelly connected to the sports world. And I love all of it. I love sports docs, I love good sports, bad sports, heavy sports, light sports. We need a new show, we do. If HBO Real Sports goes off the air, who is going to teach me about the Russian athletes who are doping up a storm? Who's going to teach me about the Hawaiian surfers who saved Lahaina on the rescue mission after the wildfires? Who's going to teach me about little Kyle Lagrasso who had one eye removed? He had a glass eye. And he was just like the cutest little kid with the best looking lefty golf swing. Frank DeFord, Bernard Goldberg, Mar Maria Carrillo. What's her name? Mary Carrillo. Uh, John Frankel. Shit, that show is good. It's over, folks. It's over. You know what else is over? Ingenuity. Not the real thing, but that was the name of a Mars helicopter who got damaged and they had to pull the plug on a Mars mission. There's still a lot of other Mars missions going on. And I, I couldn't... I actually couldn't care less, and I'll prove that. I'm going to go out right now and prove it, that I could not care less about updates from Mars, although the headline captured my attention. Folks, I get a Sunday newspaper from the Chronicle and the IJ. I read the, if the headline's good, I read the article, and this was like, Mars pulls the plug on the mission as ingenuity is damaged. I'm like, what the fuck? What? So I read a little bit. Actually, no, I read the whole article. Let me give myself some praise. I read the whole thing. And basically, uh, yeah, nothing was discovered. This thing was probably in circulation or orbit. I don't know the words. I just know it was trying to find life. You know how long 
the U.S. has been funding Mars missions since the 60s. You know how much money I did Google this because I was like be befuddled and bewildered and beside myself with curiosity, but not the good kind of curiosity. Like the good kind of curiosity is like, that's interesting. But I was like, this is the dumbest shit ever. Billions, like $31 billion has gone in to Mars missions. And in this time, we've never discovered shit. There was an article that like, you know, we believe there might be some water, some evaporated water on the dusty rocks. And that was a big deal. Everyone got excited about some images, the red planet. We didn't find anything. There's never been any life discovered. Can we tap out and give up and put that money towards something else? Could we put that money towards healthier grocery stores in the hood? Can we put that money towards Alzheimer's research? Can we put that money somewhere else? What are we doing? And here is, here's the point. I haven't made the point yet. You're still listening. You're wondering, is he getting to the point? Here's the point. Even if they found life, let's just say these Mars mission helicopters were like, yeah, we're filming these Martians humping and dancing, snorting all sorts of dusts up there. We got them. What does that do for my day to day? I'm still waking up tomorrow, eating oatmeal, going to teach, chilling with my daughters at the playground, watching Netflix with my wife at night, recording these dumb podcasts. Don't call them dumb. Be nice to yourself. Come on. Some kind self-talk. But honestly, that wouldn't change any of our lives. So we're funding billions and billions of dollars into trying to understand if there was ever life. Because that's the ultimate question. It's not, was there ever evaporated water on some dusty rocks? Oh, what a boring breakthrough that was. But it's, is there life? Was there ever life? Let's just say they said, yeah. Yeah, NASA told us uh, it's a yeah. There's life. Lots of life and there's been life there. That is fine maybe for a two-minute conversation at the water cooler, right? I guess you text with your friends. Do you guys hear about Mars? Maybe it's a great YouTube video. And then we all continue our lives the way they were. It wouldn't impact us at all. I'm not being naive. I'm not being closed-minded. Mars will stay Mars. Earth will stay Earth. It's great. We had enough uh, technology to go send some shit out there <laughs> to give us some images. But no one, no one would be impacted if the findings were amazingly informative and amazingly revealing of all the wild shit that's going on. They, you could tell me they had dinosaurs that were seven times the size of our dinosaurs. And I'll say, wow. And I, I'll tell a friend, hey, did you hear about the huge lizards they found? And my friend will probably go, yeah, man, that's wild. So did you see the Niners? Yeah, I caught the Niner game. That was great. Headed to the Super Bowl. I mean, really. If we find out more about Mars, isn't it just for our own curiosity, our own interest? I don't think we have to make any changes. I don't think it's a threat. I don't even understand the funding. Am I funding it? My tax dollars? What's the goal? I want to go to a press conference and talk to someone at NASA. Hey, what is the goal? And they'll give me a long scientific answer. I'll be like, no, 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 none of that nonsense. Like, what's the goal? And we'll be like, well, when the rover shows us that ingenuity and the evaporated water with the rocks, and we understand it in the trajectory and the black holes and the solar system. And I, no, 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 no. What's your goal, Dexter? I'm sorry. I'm not sure I understand the question. Yeah, it's a simple question. What changes once we know any of this stuff? You can tell me there's life on all the planets. I mean, really. If we have the tech one day, 
fine. You could tell me there's people all over, or just whatever. Saturnlings, Jupiterlings, if we're Earthlings, there's Neptunelings, Mercurylings, Martians. I'm good with it. It just doesn't do anything to change my day to day. It doesn't even change my mind that much. I actually think most people are bored at the topic of a moon landing. We've been to the moon. It must have been exciting in the 60s. We've been to the moon. Everyone celebrated for what? Three weeks? I wasn't alive back then. I know it had Cold War implications. We're going to fucking beat the Russians. Okay. You beat the Russians. We went to the moon. I teach that in the high school classrooms nowadays. It's not riveting. It's not. It might be riveting to me, the old guy with the plumes of gray hair in my beard. It's pretty interesting to me. You know, maybe some of them have heard some conspiracy theories that it was just a sound studio in Hollywood that's a fake moon landing. But I don't think anyone cares. If there was a Martian, let's say a Martian sighting today, late January, what is it, the 29th, 30th? I don't know, but it's late January, and it was the headline in tomorrow's newspaper. Do you think you would actually care for more than three minutes of your life? Huh? I'll leave you with that. We're back after this. Southern kisses from your room Meet me in the middle of the night Let me hear you say everything's alright Let me smell the moon Alright, that had nothing to do with anything. That's Steve Forbert's Romeo's tune coming at you live on episode 229. You thought I was going to play Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys because that would have been a little more fitting. You did, didn't you? You thought I was coming at you with a little Intergalactic which would have made uh, a little more sense, huh? Look how dumb we are. We think aliens talk like that. Is it about robots or aliens? I don't know. What's the point of Intergalactic? It's a good song, though. Good album. Everything the Beastie Boys ever did was pretty good. And this is the part where I got to say, and they were Jews. That's how Jews talk, by the way. We always, if someone did something and it was special and they were Jewish, Jews, when we're alone, that's what we say to each other. Wow, could you believe it? And they were Jews, the Beastie Boys. When non-Jews are around, we don't always say that. We just go, yeah, Beastie Boys, they're tight. But it was just the Jews. We go, yeah, and they're Jews. Rappers from New York who toured with Run DMC. Intergalactic planetary. What did we do? We knew so little about aliens and outer space and planets that we just, what, created green oval heads. What do we do? Pop culture, even if I say alien. Picture something right now. You're picturing something from a movie or a TV show or a cartoon. How dumb we are. With our mushy TikTok brains, the way we picture aliens in intergalactic planetary. Holy moly. With all due respect. No one's ever said anything nice after that intro statement. With all due respect. You see Newsom and DeSantis, they had a little debate a couple months ago. I don't know why they had a debate. No one needed to debate Newsom and DeSantis. What are they, running against each other for something? No, it's just... Two governors having a debate to talk shit to each other, but I loved how they would always say, well, look, 
governor with all due respect and then just bash each other just verbally abuse and mistreat each other on national television governor with all due respect you're the last person i would ever talk to about poverty (laughs) well governor with all due respect you're a piece of shit oh thanks for saying with all due respect Whoa, 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 Governor DeSantis, with all due respect, I would like you to shut the fuck. Okay, and Newsom, with all due respect, you repulse me and many Americans. Well, Governor, it was like, how do you moderate? They call him moderator or mediator. I actually don't know in this moment. It was Hannity, I think. And he did a fine job because occasionally the subject would change. So that means the moderator or mediator did a fine job if they could get the guys to shut up and change the subject, which they did. I thought it was a watchable debate. And I'm saying that because I'm done with debates. I'm saying that now. But if we just have more Trump and Biden, am I wrong to say some of us have just lost interest? Like four years ago, this was hot. Is it okay if we're apathetic now? Isn't that a good thing? If we're not so triggered by the thought of Trump and Biden again? I'm going to try. I'm going to try to be a little apathetic. Like, eh, who cares? The opposite of how I was four years ago. When we cared too much, that wasn't healthy. I want to be healthy. I want to keep doing my Wim Hof breathing. I don't want to be on any social media, especially TikTok, where you scroll and scroll until your brain turns into a bucket of flarf, which they sell at the dollar store. Flarf is where you stick your thumb into some orange slime and it makes a... The fart sound, and it's so funny every time. Oh, you're not laughing at Flarf at the dollar store, the orange slime, where you stick your fingers into that little jar and it just rips fart sounds? Of course you like that. Why am I talking about Flarf? Actually, I'm so tired right now and I'm feeling the first remnants of sickness. You know, it starts in the throat. Here it comes. Got to hit that zinc. You got to hit that oil of oregano. You got to hit that epicor postbiotic. I'll I'll hit it all in a moment and have a little tea, but I have to remember why am I talking about Flarf? Because I want to be healthy, right? And I don't want my brain. Oh, this is like a Sudoku for the brain. Remember how you got onto a topic. Next time you're in a good conversation with someone, you should try to backtrack three topics. It's so hard. Like, why are we talking about this? Because I said, I want to be healthy. I don't want a TikTok brain. That's like a jar of flarf. I want to be healthy and avoid the intensity of a Trump and Biden campaign election season. No, thanks. No, thanks to that. What the hell is even going on? with us these days i'll ask you do we think we know a lot because of google isn't that weird like we think we know a lot because of google are we like so much more informed than previous generations of homo sapiens because of google we just type it in we all just go off the first answer right when we Google something, we're not scrolling. We're not reading academic journals. We're just reading the first bold. You know, they put it in a bigger font. We just read the first bold one. We're like, yeah, okay. I guess that's it. I guess Pringles were invented by a guy named Lionel in the bayou in 1812. And why he put him in a tennis ball looking canister. It's because he loved tennis. You know, if you Googled what are the origins of Pringles, or if you Google anything, are people nice in Kansas? What are the top three languages spoken in uh, Cambodia? You wouldn't research that much. You would just take the first source and go, yeah, now I learned a lot. The sources have to be right, right? I don't know. No one's checking it. That's why we have skeptics. That's why we have conspiracy theorists who are like, no, you can't trust that. And they kind of have a point too. You can't just trust everything, man. That's what the government wants you to do is to trust everything. Like this morning, I like driving my daughter 
to school. She always asks a couple of good questions. Like the sun was blinding me today. I was driving like four miles per hour down the street. I was like, Myla, this is not safe. I had my head out the window, sunglasses. I was like, should we just park? I don't want to hit a dog. I can't see. It was scary. We've all been there, right? And she said, what is the sun even made out of? I was like, good question. And I was like confident by saying fire. You know, I was like, I'm the grown up. I'll tell you the sun is made of fire. And we drove for another 20 feet. And she's like, so if the sun's fire, is the moon cold? And I was like, oh, she associates sun with day, moon with night. You know, we're still in the kids book world of that's how we process. Actually, I'm still in that level of understanding the world. So I'm like, yeah, I think the moon's cold, you know, or like, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, actually, my, I don't know. I don't know if the moon's cold. So I said, when we park, we'll Google it and Googled it. And it said, sure. Yeah. The moon's cold. It's made of rocks and minerals and a bunch of other stuff. And she saw images, Google images. There was a moon cut in half image. And she's like, did they end up cutting the moon in half? Is that what they did for that photo? I'm like, no, no, no. It's just like an image, but all this stuff, if you're not fact checking any of it, like the moon's made of cheese. Maybe it is. Is it cold? I guess. Sure. The moon's, we don't know. We'll just take the first entry from Google. Are we smarter than ever? No, we're just more gullible. We believe shit more than ever. And that's why we have, oh God, you know what? I'm sick of myself. That's how you know you have to end the episode when you spoke to the point where you're like, enough, Josh, be quiet. Go to sleep. Read your Gary Goldman memoir. That's taking you three months. Okay. Leave a nice rating and review. I love you so much. Episode 229 is in the books. I will talk to you soon. Intergalactic planetary. I'll talk to you soon. Day, 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 day.